Hello, and welcome back to The Current. I'm your host, Nadia Last. I usually wait quite a few days after recording my podcast episodes to record an intro when I do interviews. And this episode was so special and so alive for me that I'm feeling so much buzzing energy. I am coming over here only an hour after recording the episode because I want the energy of my reaction to this conversation to be fresh. And I want you to feel how expanded I feel after connecting with Emily, the medium who I've had on this show before. And I brought her back. I just had an intuitive nudge that she had more to share because I work with Emily. She is an intuitive. She channels messages from your guides. She can help you connect with loved ones who have passed. She also can help you connect with any babies. She calls them spirit babies that might be trying to come through and connect with you in this lifetime. She has a lot of messages for your dream states and and there's just so much that I've learned through working with her. And I usually do a session with Emily once every six to eight weeks. And I do it as kind of a refresh because as inspired and empowered as I can feel on my path, it's so helpful when my mind can get away from me to check in with Emily, to check in with an intuitive being outside of myself, to just affirm me about the messages that I'm receiving when I'm journaling, when I'm meditating, and to just recognize where I might have gotten slightly off track and off my path. So I find it kind of like psychic or spiritual hygiene when I connect with Emily. And I've received so much from my healing sessions with her And I keep wanting to send more folks her way, but she's actually not doing as many one-on-one intuitive sessions these days. And the reason for that is that she's cleared up a lot more spaciousness in her schedule to bring a book into this world. And I am so excited for just the juiciness of the material that she's already been sharing with me in these one-on-one sessions. And I know that there's a reason why she's being called to share the messages that she's receiving on a wider scale. And because of that, I wanted to bring her back on and share the magic that she is. She is such magic. She's so connected. There's so much in therapy. I'm in grad school to become a therapist right now. They call it congruence. Like she's so congruent. She knows her values. She is deeply rooted. There's really no ego in her work. And she's really just a humble vessel for whatever her guides that are changing. And she'll talk about that in this episode, the changing messages and the evolving messages that she's receiving. Selfishly, I wanted to bring her on and just ask her so many questions because in our sessions together, we're we're focusing on my life. And I wanted to turn the tables and interview her and ask her how the energy on the planet has been affecting her as of late, how her sessions have been changing accordingly, how her intuitive mentorship works. She actually helps people develop their intuitive gifts. And something that she talks about so openly is that she doesn't need to be put on a pedestal as an intuitive being because we all have intuitive or psychic faculties, extrasensory faculties, where we're receiving information in our bodies that help us connect with the energy outside of us that connects every one of us. So in this episode today, I'm actually breaking our conversation into two parts. This first part is all about how to develop your intuition. And Emily talks about how she's really slowed down her life and she really allows herself enough space to appreciate the beauty of her natural surroundings. And I'll let her explain that in her own words. 
And then we also talk a bit about healing and evolving our relationship to grief, which is everything that I'm about and want to continue talking about my experiences here. But I just want to share a couple experiences that I've had with her in our session so that you can get a flavor of the type of work that she does. So the first thing that she really helped me connect with in terms of my unique gifts, so to speak, in this realm, she one, during one of our sessions in the past few months, she's like, I see you singing. Do you sing? And I was like, I do a singing meditation. I try to do it every day. I try to just sing and hum and, and you know sing to my plants and sing while I'm meditating. And she's like, yeah, I'm seeing you. Basically, you're singing. Your voice is how you channel. And as you sing, what you're doing is literally charging up the air around you. There's like so much power in your voice in this lifetime. And I'm seeing you kind of like harmonizing on top of melodies. And it was such a an out-of-body experience because nobody knows that I do that, that I'll put on a song and kind of like hum or sing on top of it. And it was just so cool that that she was able to say like, this is, there's a reason why your instrument, your body is being asked to do this. And it's because that's how you can open up your connection with the divine. And so ever since that session, uh, before I'll do my one-on-one sessions with folks or my human design readings, or even recording this podcast, I will sing or hum to myself for some time because it's opening up that channel. And it's empowered me so much with my, my gifts and just recognizing like my gift is in my voice. My gift is in the tonality of my voice and how I bring messages through. So that's one of the experiences and I'll, and I'll share another one in the intro to the, to the next part of this conversation. But I'm so excited to bring this really expansive dialogue to you. And as I say with all of my episodes, but especially this one, if there are pieces that resonated with you, please reach out to me. Please leave a message um, on Instagram, or you can email me. Both of those will be in the show notes. And if you feel moved, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or you know a rating on Spotify. It helps so much with sharing these sorts of messages with more people. So thank you for being here. And without further ado, here's Emily. Emily, thank you for coming back onto this podcast, onto The Current. You're back because selfishly, I just want to talk to you about what you're experiencing in these times and how your work has evolved. And for those who are listening and haven't heard Emily before, I'd encourage you to go back to the episode. I'll share it in the show notes where she talked about how she got into her intuitive abilities and channeling and psychic work, connecting with the energy that moves in and through us and connects us to each other. Emily, thank you for yeah. being here thank recording you. this, the beginning of June in 2022. Yeah. So I'm, first of all, I'm really excited to be back. I loved our last talk, our last interview. It was really fun. I, and I, I listened to it back multiple times, which I don't usually do. It was fun. It was, I was like, oh, that, that was so great. I didn't remember that we covered that area. So I'm excited to see what we, what we covered today and certainly very excited to talk about. I love how you're um, our first area of focus is kind of like themes and things that I'm noticing. So I've got a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. So for those who are hearing yeah. Emily for the first time, she does intuitive work, but Emily, I'd love for you to describe what that looks like right now for you, the work yeah. you're doing with folks. 
Yeah, that's a great a great question because it's certainly evolved a little bit since the last time we spoke, and uh, I'm I'm doing some things differently now, some things the same. But um, in the last um, in the last year or so since we've last spoken, my work has has taken some turns, and so I'm writing a book, which I'm sure we'll we'll talk about. I'm still doing um, some sessions. I'm mostly working with. Right now, I know. I think we spoke about this in our last conversation. I'm most mostly working in um, intuitive mentorship, where I'm taking people through an intuitive mentorship, and it's fun because I get to work with all different kinds of people in different areas, and um, and you know, doctors and naturopaths and coaches and just regular people who are looking to apply and use their their abilities in in their lives and to relate to their friends and family and just understand themselves better and understand their kind of subtle energetics in a new, in a new way. And so that's primarily what I'm doing. I'm also still doing some readings here and there um, of different kinds, spirit baby readings, which I know we talked about last time and just really healing sessions, which is kind of uh, my signature session, which is just wherever we need to go, let us go there basically, or whatever the person is coming to have worked out, which, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of intention, which I know you are as well, Nadia. And um, just, you know, what are we looking to explore? What's your intention coming into an experience? I think it can really supercharge any experience if we come in with with intention and also leaving room for some curiosity and flexibility as well. But, but that's kind of what my work looks like right now. I'm doing lots of writing. Um, I'm doing lots of lots of mentorship work and uh, healing sessions and spirit baby readings and the like. But it's it's a lot more, I will say too, um, it's a lot more relaxed this this year in 2022, which has been very interesting. I'm doing lots of gardening and lots of walking and lots of hiking and lots of just staring at the wall. We're living in this very high productivity culture. And it's like, when do we ever have time to just stare at the wall or watch how the light is coming in through the window and how it's refracting and creating all these cool light patterns on the floor. And so it's been very beautiful to kind of have um, that time and space as well outside of my practice. So Anyway, you didn't ask about that, but I told you. Oh, anyway. I did though. I did. It was implicit <laughs> and it's so important. And I, I hear this question in, you know, the collective wondering yeah. around what is intuition? How do I connect with that? And yeah. perhaps that's where we go first, but it's actually very connected with what you're talking about, the yeah. undoing, the beingness yeah. and connecting with energy. So yeah, how, how do those two things connect for you? Yeah. Absolutely. And the first thing I'll say before I go into sort of my definition or understanding or explanation of intuition is that if you're in a space that, you know, wellness space or spirituality space, and there's a lot of talk about, you know, follow intuition or your destiny or follow your path or your journey, which is all so beautiful and important. I mean, ultimately we're here as humans in bodies to, you know, to, to, to create something and to, to move something along and move something forward and move our path forward. And I think what we forget often too, is that our intuition um, also often allows us and likes us to be passive and just like restful. And, you know, you are also here at the same time to enjoy the bounty and the pleasures and the beauty of planet earth um, and all that it has to offer. There's so much that it has to offer that, um, that I think we can get sometimes forget about or get lost in or stray away from because we are so, um, 
there's, and I, I find especially now, you know, this could kind of tie into the conversation just about themes that I'm noticing is I find that there's more people getting activated into a, a, um, a desire or a need or kind of just this primal core knowing that they need to do something on the planet that is um, to be of service or to create things that are powerful or create or, or aid healing in some ways for, for people, or perhaps that's not your path. Perhaps you're doing that in another way, but I find that so many people are getting activated in this way. And um, at the same time, we're also kind of collectively still processing a lot of a trauma and burnout, and there's still a lot going on on many different levels. And so it's kind of like this juxtaposition of I'm being activated and I have all these ideas or I have so much I need to do, or what do I need to do? Or I have this feeling that I need to do something, but I don't know how to do it. Or, um, and then at the same time, you know, trying to, to care for ourselves. And um, as something Dr. Zach Bush talks about how to remain healthy in a planet that is beautiful and also sick in many ways, um, in many ways, he speaks about that of like, how do we thrive in a place where the soil is dying and the uh, people are dying and uh, there are systems crumbling and exploding and um, people are sick and people are hurting and people are grieving. And how, how do we continue to thrive and be well in a society and a, and a, and a planet that is, is hurting and needs help? My understanding and my definition of this has sort of evolved for me personally over the years, and it's also evolved in the way that I speak uh, about it and teach about it, because I really believe that intuition is just our built-in kind of survival kit on planet Earth of how, and it's like, you know, we weren't sent with no tools on how to um, live well and be well and follow our pings and things that are, are, are leading us in certain directions, you know, we came equipped with this really beautiful, uh, subtle, um, sometimes not so subtle, intuitive, these intuitive faculties that are here to support us through our human experience. And so I really experience this as just it's different for everybody. And, um, you know, we could even tie in human design into this too. You know, I've talked to, to a lot of sacral authority people and they're like, intuition is a gut feeling. And then for other people, they're like, I don't know what that means. You know, <laughs> and so I think just in the way that each person is experiencing intuition can be very different, but ultimately at the core of it, of the core of its definition is this is just really a, a built-in system that's here to keep you basically on track with what your soul came to do so you don't get scattered or confused or distracted. It's here to reroute you continuously. And you know, I think one of our most beautiful jobs that we can do is allowing our intuition to reroute us when we need to be rerouted. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's the thing that, that a lot of people have that experience where they um, are in an experience that is just not correct for them. And the intuition recognizes that and it will try subtly at first to redirect the person um, in the direction that they need to be going or moving. And if they don't listen, those kind of redirections get more pronounced and more intense and less subtle um, until perhaps a change is made. So it's unique to each person. However, it is everybody has access to it and everybody has their own way of, of really developing 
their own relationship with their intuition. Because I think if you asked a hundred different people, what is intuition? Each person would have probably such a wildly different answer that it's like, but we're all talking about the same thing here, but because it's so unique, it might not seem like we're all talking about the same thing that, but we are. So I hope that answers your question. Totally. And what (laughs) happens if somebody comes to you, I'm sure you've worked with dozens of people Mm -hmm. and they're like, Emily, you're talking about this, but I've never felt it before. It happens all the time. And I'm, I'm working with somebody right now who um, she is in the space where she has been in a, a education system and a career that really prioritizes and values uh, her mental process and the way that her mind works. And there's a lot of emphasis put on, well, you're so smart and you're so intelligent and intellectual and the way you figured that out. So amazing. And so there's all this emphasis. And so she's coming to me like, this is the world I'm coming from. You know, this is how, this is how my kind of, this is my default in terms of how my system wants to work, my mental system. And so, but I know she, you know, she says, I know that I have these um, intuitive kind of pings that are poking at me, uh, but I don't fully understand them. I don't know what they want me to know. I don't know what they're trying to say. And so everybody without, I can say this with full confidence is that every single person on planet earth has experienced at least one intuitive kind of dance or experience. The problem is, is that they just don't understand how to interpret it, process it, and then kind of put it into action. And so lots of people will kind of come to me and they're like, yeah, well, I've just never had anything kind of, you know, extraordinary in the realm of intuition or psychic abilities happen to me. And, um, but then I did have this happen and, and it's like, well, that that is that. It's just you didn't have a reference point to understand that that's what was happening for you. So a big part of what I do is I just want people to understand their what I call their psychic mechanism. I want I want them to understand how it's working for them so that they can feel empowered when a psychic or an intuitive thing hits them in the world in real time. They're they're able to go. I know exactly what that is. I know exactly what it's trying to say, and I exactly what to do with that. That's my 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 goal because um, just leveling the playing field of like this is not some magical thing that only some people can you know access and hone and fine tune. This is something that everybody can and does have the opportunity to have access to and to really apply in their everyday world. You know, um, that's something I'm really passionate about is I've just loved to see. And I think we'd have a very different planet if every person was acting and observing and uh, seeing things from a true intuitive perspective. Now, this is the thing is that some people come and because of this crazy world we live in, and perhaps some of that individual's, some of us, because of some of that individual's life experiences up until this point, is that um, intuition can kind of fall uh, falsely under the guise of other things and other other reactions, such as trauma responses or reactions or this kind of thing. And so they they're confused about what it actually is and what it actually means, and they think that they're acting on an intuitive instinct, but actually they're acting more perhaps from a trauma response or something of that nature. And that's that is part and parcel of the whole understanding your psychic mechanism is understanding what is truly this extrasensory, subtle, energetic pathway coursing through your system, bringing you information and what is other elements or aspects that are a byproduct of um, living in a body on planet Earth. (laughs) So that's a big thing. That's a big thing that 
that a lot of people have to reconcile and work with. And I mean, I, I hope to be, and I'm just going to speak it into the future as I, I do every chance that I have, I hope um, and pray and wish that some form of literacy around intuition is brought into you know, mainstream curriculum. I think that would be amazing. And, um, and it would certainly remedy some of these collective issues that we have of, of, of a lot of people running around acting on trauma responses and reacting and acting on other people's programming that they're not even sure that they believe, but they're just regurgitating it because they think it's the right thing to do. And that's not a knock on anybody because we've all been there. I think that that's a big area that needs an overhaul. And I think it's happening. It's certainly happening. We're on our way there. I love it. And I'm like, hallelujah. Yes, there needs to be more literacy around it. And I yeah. think that we're having such a collective moment around mental health as well and understanding yes. trauma, which is very cool. Like yes. this understanding that everyone has trauma, if we define it as something that happened too fast and in too too much for your body to yeah. handle. Yes. But I'm curious for somebody listening right now and they're like, okay, whoa, mm -hmm. there's trauma and intuition that exists mm -hmm. within my system. Knowing that each of our bodies is a unique vehicle for experiencing this. So it's going to be different per person, yes. but is there some common denominator to understand the difference in feelings between those two responses? Mm, yeah. Great question. So I'm certainly not an expert, but I'll just, I'll just speak to, to what I've noticed in my experience is that a lot of people who are trying to discern with this, I've had a few people I've worked, gotten to work with one-on-one um, -on -one, is that ultimately, um, not always, but a lot of the times somebody reacting or, or the impulse is the trauma response. Usually what they're trying to get is safety, is security. Usually that's what they're trying to get um, through. Uh, uh, if, they're, if they're acting through a trauma response, then they want the, the whatever is coming back to guarantee or create some sort of security, safety. And what I've experienced is that the intuition, it has our best interests, of course, because, you know, we're, we're, we're here to, it, it's here to keep us on track and it's here to keep us sort of aligned with what we came here to do, even if we don't remember it, which is the tricky part of, uh, of this place is, you know, we get this amnesia and then we have to remember and then we have the it's um it's the it's the only place in the galaxy where we have to do that. It's certainly very <laughs> cumbersome. But in my experience anyway is that the intuition is it has our best interest but it's not doesn't always prioritize what we think would be the most safe or secure choice. And so for some people, when they start to have kind of the the intuition coming into their field, it's like, well, I can't do that. That's not safe. How can I trust that? That's not going to prioritize my safety, my security. That's not going to keep me um, financially stable or secure, perhaps. Or I can't leave this person because they're my comfort zone. They're my life. I don't know how I would live without them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally dependent on them. The intuition and kind of the trauma response can often challenge each other um, because they're in direct opposition to each other, where it's like one wants safety and the other one want, has our best interests at heart, but it doesn't necessarily necessarily kind of prioritize what we think would be the safest or the most secure, or the most stable option. So I think that this is why it is extremely beneficial. And I agree with you. This is why it's so fantastic that there's a lot of this mental health conversation coming into the mainstream, into the mainstream and like all of these therapy, like therapy is so 
oh, it's so amazing. I mean, it's so normalized. And there's all of these accounts who are, you know, psychology accounts who are teaching and offering free information, almost like there's a lot now. I mean, that has just exploded in the last couple of years. And I think that's amazing because, you know, everybody's going to resonate with whatever specific type of information is going to serve them based on their experience. But I think this is why it's so powerful is because therapy or trauma work can almost kind of needs to be acknowledged or at least um, appreciated or seen or understood. Not that it has to be completely unpacked. That's certainly not what I'm saying. But before we can have a really beautiful, intimate, trustworthy relationship with the intuition, that's just my opinion. And, you know, they can happen simultaneously as well. They do often, but there does usually come a point where the person reaches sort of a threshold where it's kind of like, I can't move any further into my acting on my intuitive kind of nudges or psychic nudges until I look at where I feel intrinsically, fundamentally, um, like I'm holding trauma in my system or where I feel fundamentally unsafe or where I'm codependent. I think they they go hand in hand. And I hope I answered your original question. I think I did. You totally did. Okay. <laughs> and I just want to like summarize and, and repeat yeah. back what I hear is that trauma response will come from a place of scarcity. Yeah. I am not okay. I am not secure. I need to um, mitigate this potential pain. Yeah. Especially based on prior experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And intuition comes from a place of abundance. Mm-hmm. I am taken care of. I am supported. It's divine inspiration. It's life path stuff. And sometimes that can bump up against trauma response because if that trauma response doesn't feel secure, it's going to react. And I also hear that trauma is reactive, whereas intuition can feel a bit more proactive. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a great synthesis of of that. And it's funny because somebody is listening to this probably like, well, wow, like how do I you know, work that out? Or how do I, I mean, for me personally, like my particular trauma had a lot to do with being a very, very, very sensitive person and a very sensitive child in a world that is like a TV turned up way too loud and everybody's yelling at once. And it was just like so much overstimulation. And then a lot of like, I'm seeing this or I'm feeling this. No, you're not. You know, so a lot of like repression of what I was actually seeing, experiencing, feeling or knowing. And so I had to kind of work through a lot of that personally. And that is a big one for a lot of sensitive people is that, you know, they're, they're saying, oh, well, I, you know, that I'm, I'm sad because that person on the TV was hurting and now I'm sad. And it's like, well, that's silly. Brush that off. That's their experience, not yours. You know? And then like the empath is like, what? I, but I am feeling, I'm feeling it so intimately. And so, so a lot of sensitive people, especially, which, you know, a lot, I, th- I think a lot of people can identify with that sort of typing nowadays anyway, have to do a lot of deconditioning around just like trust and 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 trusting themselves and trusting what they're getting and trusting like, okay, I know that this is real and I'm not just making it up. That's a big one that I have a lot of people come to me with. I'm making it up. I fear that I'm making it all up, that I'm just pulling these intuitive feelings out of thin air and I'm using wishful thinking to hope that they happen and this kind of thing. And so there is a really big theme in this um, that I notice in the space of just general mistrust of our own perceptions, which is a huge problem because what happens when 
often when we ha- when we don't trust our own perceptions, well, we look elsewhere for somebody who we think is perhaps more of an authority and that they, we can trust their perceptions over our own. And that we see that in so many different areas and so many different industries, but it's especially rampant kind of in the in the spiritual space, which is ironic. Um, and so that's why, you know, I really do a lot of work just around it's, it's, um, it may feel complicated. It may feel impossible that you could trust yourself just as much as you trust your psychic, but I promise you, you can get to that point where you truly trust your perceptions and intuitive feelings over everything and anything. And they are your lifeblood. And of course you still stay open to other people's ideas and opinions and 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 that's that's the beauty of being flexible and and being open-minded and being able to understand nuance and this kind of thing and and accept it but ultimately you know kind of what is running through your system intuitively every day and you're firm in that you're solid in that and you're secure in that and so it takes some time to get there but uh that that um depending on your experience but that place when you're just secure and you understand what's happening and what you're getting and how to move with it and you trust your perceptions the whole world opens up in in a way it's so beautiful emily and it makes me think that part of connecting with your intuitive faculties these extrasensory things that can't fully be explained just experienced yeah. Part of this is kind of inner child excavation and going back early, early, early and saying, what did I feel as a kid? Yeah. What was I knowing? What was I feeling? What was I sensing? And that yeah. mistrust of ourselves is actually not innate to our being. No, it's what we picked up from other people. So where along the way did someone yeah. tell you, Emily, stop crying about what's on the TV. You don't even know those people. Like, why yeah. would you, why would this I- impact you? And I'm yeah. having moments of, of reclaiming my inner child in this conversation where I'm like, I was such a like astute observer of the church that I grew up in. Like, why is it only men that are in charge? And why is everybody so judgmental of each other? And my parents just being like, Nadia, you're five years old. Why, why, <laughs> why are you thinking you these things? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. And I just love this idea that we all come into the world with these gifts mm-hmm. and it context matters. Yes. So if we were raised in family systems and in communal systems that didn't acknowledge and recognize our gifts, it's about reclaiming them now. Absolutely. I love that you bring this up because it actually, it brings me to something that I've been writing about in this book that I'm writing. And one of the messages that, because I think, and I'm sure you, you would agree with me working with human design and, you know, getting to look at these like charts of little children and babies and, you know, and, and seeing kind of like what their design is. And one of the things that's come through really strong, I found so powerful. It's very simple, but so powerful is what, what these energies are telling me is that with these children, um, now one of our, our duties and our responsibilities as um, whether you're a parent or a friend or an aunt or a godmother or, you know, a daycare worker, or a teacher is that preserving these children's enlightenment is of utmost priority. It's of utmost priority that if we can have a world where our children and our uh, young adults and our adolescents and our teenagers and our adults don't have to like decondition and heal and do all these things and remember and reawaken and all these things. They just have so much more opportunity and possibility to really do what their soul came to do in, in, in a big, in a, in a really big way. And so that's what I was said. It's like preserving 
your child's enlightenment because ultimately we we come into this world so sensitive and ultimately really you know enlightened where where we you know we may not always children don't always remember where they came from but they have an idea of what's important and that gets lost which is just always really sad and it's even sadder when you can when you, it's 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 a remarkable you can notice it remarkably i've seen this a few times where it's like the child is like so imaginative and creative and you know like me i was like talking about having portals in my closet and you know i'm like i'm going to time travel in the portal in my closet and <laughs> um and then you can start to see that fade away and it's sad it makes me sad you know i believe we are headed into a a, a planetary paradigm um where we have these parents and families who are committed to the responsibility of doing their best. I mean, we're not always, we're certainly, there's not a perfectionism necessary here. You know, I think that a lot of parents, when they hear they're like, oh my God, what do I need to do? I have to do everything to make sure that, and I think it's really much more passive than that, where it's just like, if you can think in every interaction with your child and in everything that they're saying and how you're responding, if at least at one or two moments during the day of just like, how can I, or did I uh, help to preserve their enlightenment today? Um, Or what did I do to help them feed the remembrance of of a spiritual or kind of a creative connection? That's really beautiful. And I'm hopeful that that is going to create such a ripple effect into the future, what that what that means for our future and for our future generations, our future children. I think that that is a huge part of it. It's not the only piece, certainly, but I think it's a big part of it. Mm. And and this understanding that we come in perfectly whole. Yeah. I want to go back to something yeah. you just briefly mentioned for anyone who didn't quite understand what you meant when you said we come into this planet with amnesia and that we're the only place in the galaxy where the soul has this kind of fast-tracked evolution because we forget that we're connected to the source. Can you explain that a bit? This is always something that I wondered about, you know, especially when I had my my kind of reawakening um, was like, well, I just always remember thinking, well, why did I have to forget? Why, why did I have to not remember? Why did I have the slate wiped clean? I was just always very puzzled about, about that. It was like, well, if we're here to grow <laughs> and we're here to evolve, you know, um, shouldn't I like at least have an idea of what I'm trying to evolve, you know, and what I'm trying to, how I'm trying to evolve the planet? Like, hello. Um, but that's the whole thing is that planet Earth is really considered um, from what I've channeled and what I've received and what I've read as well and have val- had have had validated through other um, people is that planet Earth is one of the, um, it is known throughout the galaxy as one of the most difficult places to incarnate into. And the reason being is because when we come in as souls, when we are born, when we move through the birth canal or when we, when we are born, we don't remember anything that came before that. We don't remember where we were. Tech, I mean, some some people do. Some people come in with the remembering, but most of us, um, it's it's patchy or it's like looking through kind of a, a fuzzy veil. We're just not. It's like that was that real? Where did I come from? But we we have this complete amnesia. We forget, and there's a lot of different reasons that I have connected to and connected with. But I think ultimately the reason we come with come in with this amnesia is because 
it's like, I've heard it explained as like, well, you can't come into like the hardest test of your life, knowing all of the answers, you know, you have to sort of figure it out. And that's a part of it. There's other places where they know what they came to do and there's still obstacles and there's still challenges, but it's certainly a lot easier because they are able to stay connected to, right. This is why I'm here. This is what I need to do. And it's, it's, it's clear. It's in the consciousness for us. It's just sort of, um, we have to find it and then connect to it and then be like, was that re- is that real? Is that really what why I'm here and, and this kind of thing. And so I think that, um, and there's a lot of people like, like skeptical minds or cynical minds who say, well, if there really is this kind of spiritual world and um, other dimensions and realms and things like that, well, why wouldn't we just, why, why would I not remember about it? Or why would I not know that they were there? And that's the whole thing is that, you know, planet earth is a three-dimensional frequency. It's a three-dimensional planet. And so the crux of the three-dimensional sort of planetary dimension is that we can't necessarily, without training and without awareness, perceive other dimensional realities except the one that we're in. Truly, based on everything that we're up against in terms of the frequencies on planet Earth, going after spiritual connection and, uh, and, and enlightenment and awakening and all these kinds of things is it's 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 not always easy certainly you know there's a lot of trappings of the three-dimensional kind of frequency here that make it very difficult to access that in a certain way but uh i think about this often of like what would the planet look like if we didn't have them <laughs> all have amnesia like what would be different i really think about that a lot and it, i mean everything everything would change the 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 foundations of wh- of how this planet works would change how the people interacted with each other would change that we wouldn't have all of these problems that we have here um because you know we we, we wouldn't have all of these people acting in what they think is you know very um loving actions uh, and but but we wouldn't and they think that they're doing good and they think that they're they're contributing um when actually they're creating more harm than they are than they are than they actually are aware of and um so i I do think about it a lot and uh but i think that's also the that's also the the gift of this place is is um is uh working to to get there and to, to figure it out um so yeah. To get there faster. Yeah. And so yeah. that's connecting to yeah. your point about yeah. how can we keep our children, this next generation, in enlightenment for longer? Yes. Because they'll still be born into that amnesia. But if our remembrance of who we are and where we come from and that we're all interconnected and we all come from yeah. the same source energy that is just like this brilliant white hot love. If some of us have come back into that remembrance yeah. and it's been really hard earned and hard yeah. won. Can we raise the next generation to get to that point faster and then to get to that, the next generation to get there faster. And then the next generation perhaps will just be born into remembrance. Yes. Without any need for, um, you know, awareness around the fact that there wasn't remembrance before. Yeah. I agree with you. It's, and, 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 and that's the thing is like, why is that important? Like why I, I, you know, I think to your point, like why, why is it important to get there faster? And I think for so many different reasons, I think it's for the individual, for the individual's path. And um, you know, there's so many, like I talked to a lot of souls who have left this planet and they just, some of them just go, Oh my God, I just didn't get anything done that I needed to do. Nothing. I got so distracted. I got so caught up. I was worried about my bank account. I was worried about my Porsche. I was worried about my grandma. I was, you know, I was worried about all these things and I allowed them to sidetrack me. 
and I'm here now and I'm, I know I have more chances and I have infinite opportunities to uh, try again. However, I need a minute to reconcile that I just had this beautiful embodiment and I squandered it. Happens a lot. It happens a lot, and that's not to scare anybody or be like, oh, "I don't want to squander my my chance." You know, I think like don't. That's not meant to kick anybody into like fear or scarcity. It's it's just a good reminder, and and that's also evident also in. Um, I haven't worked in a lot of end of life um, or a lot of end of life uh, people, but in the ones that I have. There's often this kind of reverie of um, not always. Some people are like, I lived a life and I'm so proud of what I did. And I'm so proud of how I showed up and how I treated my, my family. And I'm so proud of, of uh, what I contributed and, and the heart that I gave. And, and there are those people. And then there's people who are in reverie around, man, I, I, I wish I had done the thing that my soul wanted me to do, but I just always hushed it and told it to be quiet because it was just never possible. And so there's a lot of that and that's okay. And there's always going to be some element of that, of that, I think, where we, when we have the full picture, we can always see things of like, oh, I could have, you know, I could have perhaps done something a little bit differently there, but that's okay. I forgive myself. And so there's always that, but um, coming back to what we were talking about, I think, why faster? And I think it's it's for the individual, so it's for their path, it's for the, what they're trying to anchor here, what they're how they're trying to move their soul's evolution along. You know that that's really why we're here in the first place, and and I think it's also for the collective as well is to get there faster to change the um, operations, the the way that the planet Earth is operating. When we, I really believe that when one person. Um, awakens and remembers and starts acting on that awakening and that remembrance that it really sends out this kind of domino effect throughout the the galaxy and the universe that allows and helps other people to also do the same thing. I actually just remembering as I'm talking about that, there's this really cool part that I channeled in the book that I would actually love to find and read before, before we finish um, because it's so perfect for what I just said. I'm going to see if I can find it and I'll read it out. Do you have the book with you? Yes, I'm going to pull it up right now. As, okay, as we speak. awesome. It's yeah. on your computer, of course, yes. because we live in the digital. I'm expecting <laughs> you with like these like loose leaf pages that you're writing by candlelight, like <laughs> yeah, on my typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like Emily Dickinson style. I um, wish. <laughs> but I think for those listening, um, I had an episode where I talked about the meaning of life, talking about this analogy of a video game. And that's what I'm imagining when you're talking, where it's like, we have amnesia. We forget that we're actually not the video game character, but the one playing the video game. And we have the sword and shield and the specific, all our specific gifts in this lifetime, a specific family we're born into with our own karmic lessons and patterns to interrupt in this lifetime. And it's like, I I kept getting the visualization of Sims. Like there's so much in Sims. And I remember like, I, I would never play it really. I just like, mess around with the different functionalities. Like I remember as a middle school, I was like, they can have sex. And yes. like, <laughs> cool. I know. So cool. And yes. there's like so many different, but that's kind of the the visual I get of this of this earth plane is like there is so much to get distracted by. Mm-hmm. There um, is. There is. And, and if you forget that you're on a specific quest, and that quest can also be getting to a point of self-love that you yeah. give yourself outstretched time to just stare at a wall. <laughs> 